It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the UFC MMA expert, got Mean Gene in the house. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Mean Gene 0022. You guys could always get us at thebettingpredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Gene, here we go. UFC 276 got Adesanya versus Cannoneer. This one will take place at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. This one will be on pay-per-view. Uh, for the listeners, Gene and I will go ahead. We'll preview the main card. Gene, interesting card for us this weekend. Curious how you feel about UFC 276, but i also curious you know, how you feel about some of the fight night cards that are coming up. Some of those cards, Gene, look stacked. I think this is going to be an amazing summer for UFC. How are you feeling about all the stuff that you're seeing right now with the UFC? Yeah, super excited. UFC finally getting back to normal, getting into arenas with fans. So I think you're going to see better cards, you know, for the past two months and obviously year and a half before that. But definitely you're you're noticing it in the past few months. The UFC is just putting out fights, fight cards, with like contender series fighters, guys that only have like one, two fights in the UFC. And it's been brutal, man. It's been brutal just to break down some of these fights because these these fighters, you have no idea who they are, and um, and the UFC is able to get get away with that because they're fighting in the UFC Apex. They control all of that. Whatever's on ESPN, they already get a flat fee. Now that they're moving into arenas where you're going to have fans and you have to sell tickets, you can't put on those type of cards. So, and as a result, you're seeing that you know the past couple. UFC fight nights have actually been been really good, especially the the Emmett versus Cater. That's a really good card in front of a live audience. So uh, moving forward, UFC is getting back to normal, and I think you're going to see you know better cards put together because they have to sell tickets. If they don't put together good cards, they're not going to sell tickets. So um, I'm excited to, to see what the UFC's got for us for the for the rest of the year. As for UFC 276, amazing card to date. I think it's the best card. Um, and just looking forward to, to Saturday and in, in, in seeing some of these fights. Yeah, this one is action-packed. Let's go ahead and let's start out uh, with the first fight of the night. It'll be Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Pedro Munoz. Uh, O'Malley right now installed as a minus 300 favorite uh, over Pedro Munoz. O'Malley, he's on a three-fight win streak. Munoz, he's coming off back-to-back losses against Jose Aldo and Dominic Cruz. Gene O'Malley, big favorite here. You know, does he get it done? Do you think that he moves up in the rankings in the bantamweight division? Uh, I'm going to let you go first with this. You know, how are you feeling about this fight? First off, I just want to speak on Sean O'Malley and in the competition he's fighting. I actually I like what he's doing. He's bold. A lot of fight, I wouldn't even say a lot of fighters. No fighters have ever said what he said. He said, "Listen, the UFC's paying me a certain amount. I'm not willing to move up and fight the top, top, top guys for the amount of money I'm making." And I, I feel like that's a big change for the industry, for for fighters in the UFC. You know, if you're going to pay me, you know, if you're going to pay me on the bottom of the pay scale, I'm just going to fight the guys that are on the bottom of the pay scale. I'm not going to fight these these hardcore guys and make baby money. And I respect him for saying that. And so um, you've seen him fight some no names for the most part. Um, he did fight Vieira. Uh, Chito and Chito has moved up in that division. He's like one of the top guys in that division. So that, that's a big um, fight for him. And same thing here with like Pedro Munoz, known guy, um, vet, fought the who's who. So I respect that he's fighting, fighting, fighting him. Um, 
as for the actual fight between the two guys, you know, I, I got to go with O'Malley. Um, and I'll break it down for you. Uh, you know, O'Malley, super fluid striker. I mean, the guy is just, you know, there's a reason why the UFC puts him on, on these pay-per-views, regardless of the guys that he's fighting. The guy is, is must-see TV. He's fast, great head movement, big power. He's a precise striker, long rangey, and he's big for the division. And the thing I like about him is he has that killer instinct. Um, you know, when he hurts a guy, he's going to go after it. He has that little pizzazz. You know, he's shooting like fadeaway shots when he knocks a guy out, dribbling a basketball, things of that nature. Something that the UFC is not used to seeing. You know, you're not seeing that from any other fighters. And uh, I think that, you know, whatever you want to say, showboating and things of that nature, um, at the end of the day, it brings in a different segment of fans for the UFC. And the guy's the guy puts on spectacular fights. Um, he's fighting Pedro Munoz. Solid boxer, good hands, um, solid um, power. I think the key here, he he lands big, heavy uh, leg kicks, and O'Malley's had issues with that in the past. I think with Sukumtab, uh, he fought, got his leg messed up, and Sukumtab would have uh, would have won that fight if he didn't go down on the ground. If he would have just kept it standing, O'Malley couldn't stand, and the the ref would have just called it like, "Yo, you can't fight. You're done." Um, and he ended up keep going to the ground. You know, O'Malley ended up winning that fight somehow, some way. And then he fought Chito Vera. Chito Vera ended up kicking his leg, hurting his leg again, and then finished him with elbows from the uh, from the guard. So he's had he's skin, he's a skinny guy for whatever reason. He has this issue with his legs, or it seems I should say. I'm not saying he has this issue. It seems like he has this issue with his legs, where if he gets kicked really hard in his calves there's a nerve issue with his legs where he just can't step on it. He ends up losing these, you know, or having issues with it. Um, so with Pedro Munoz, that's what I'm looking for in this fight. Is this guy going to be able to land those heavy leg kicks? That's his game. Is, is O'Malley going to be able to avoid that or just even be able to take it? Um, other than that, I mean, Pedro Munoz, unprecedented durability. The guy's never been finished. Um, he's a guillotine master. If you try to shoot on him, he's going to lock up a guillotine. Um, I don't know how many fights that that's happened. I could go back and look, but, um, so many times guys have, have gotten hurt. Like Pedro Munoz has decent power, hurts him. This guy goes in for a takedown and Munoz locks up a, a submission. So, um, I don't foresee any of that happening. I don't think Sean O'Malley is not trying to wrestle. I think this is just going to be a stand-up fight back and forth, um, the question is, can Sean, I think, yeah, number one question, can Sean O'Malley knock Munoz out? Munoz has never been knocked out. Sean O'Malley easily has the power and the striking ability ability to knock him out. So are we going to see that? I mean, that would be a huge, you know, feather in, in O'Malley's cap if he can knock him out. So, um, I mean, clearly, obviously, you can tell I have O'Malley here. I'm just struggling with the fact, do I go with, part of me sees this going to a decision. And just seeing O'Malley just pick him apart and just end up winning a three-round decision because Munoz is so tough. But then there's the other half of me where I'm like, I can see O'Malley for the first time, you know, first fighter for, for Munoz, end up taking him out and, and knocking him out because his his striking is so precise. He, he uh, Munoz has not fought a fighter like this. He has fought some tough fighters, guys that are big power, things of that nature, but not like O'Malley's just on another level when it comes to striking the precision and the power. So um, I have shown 
O'Malley here. Uh, I lean, if you're going to go Sean O'Malley, since it's such a big price tag at minus 300, um, I lean towards him winning by, by knockout. And, uh, but you know, no submission, Pedro Munoz, Pedro Munoz could land a big shot. He's got big power too. So you could also look at, you know, if I'm saying O'Malley wins by knockout and Pedro Munoz has decent power and those leg kicks are super nasty and O'Malley has shown that he's had issues with those leg kicks, you could also go under two and a half rounds or that the fight doesn't go to a finish. Um, That might not also, pardon me, that might be a good bet as well. But personally, I got O'Malley just straight up winning and I'm leaning towards him winning by uh, knockout. All right, a lot there, Gene, a lot that you said there, but you brought up a lot of good points, and we could probably talk about this fight and probably O'Malley for an hour, and you know how we do sometimes when we're not recording you when I get into these long conversations, but there's a lot we could probably talk about with O'Malley. I like this fight to go to distance. Uh, I already bet that. I'm going to go ahead and play this one to go to distance, yes, at plus 106. You know, you mentioned Munoz. Um, hasn't been knocked out before, and it's been seven fights that he's lost in his career, and they're all by decision. So uh, we know that he has the tank to go the distance. And, no, Mally comes out, I think, here. Now, I'm not sure he comes in here with a high output, Gene. I think one of the reasons is because he probably respects this particular guy more than he probably has in the past with some of the other guys. But one of the things that, that I do want to talk about is, you know, you talk about Munoz with his kicking but if you look at O'Malley from like the beginning when he first came in here to probably I'm going to say his last two fights you know he's really concentrated on his boxing and his movement and his last two fights he's had great movement so I don't know if if he because he's he's a taller fighter and I'm thinking he could probably keep Munoz away from him and be able to kind of pick his spots because you you already talked about you know how elite he is as a striker if he could just stay on the outside pick and pop move out of the way I think that that's going to be one of the ways where Munoz won't be able to, you know, to go ahead and land those kicks. But overall, I mean, I think Munoz is a solid fighter in the division. You know, Sugar Sean knows that. I'm not looking to go ahead and take the dog here in any way. You know, O'Malley's won five of his last six fights uh, by knockout. So, you know, he he is on that knockout trend. And that's the only thing that gives me a little bit of a little bit of pause. But the fact that he hasn't fought the greatest fighters in this division, his motivation to move up so slowly, um, you know, we could talk about that forever. But, you know, this is a building block, I think, for O'Malley, you know, with these type of fights. So I do think this goes the distance. I don't see O'Malley going out there looking to looking to close this show early. And the fact that Munoz has never been knocked out and he's gone to like what, like five or six straight decisions in a row. Um, it just, it's just put me on this one to go the distance. Go back to when he fought Moutinho. You know, we talked about that fight how many times, you know, off, off, on air and off air. He couldn't, he couldn't knock that dude out. And I, I think that that, that that at least has to be looked at. I mean, he gave him his best stuff. You and I saw that fight. Sugar Sean was pissed off if that dude didn't go down. Like he, at some point he was getting really upset. Like this dude is taking my best stuff and he is not going down. And I'm not saying that, that Munoz is, is just as strong as that dude, but that that has to raise a, a red flag saying like, you know, you fought some bum and you couldn't get him out of there for five rounds or whatever. It was three rounds and he took every shot that you gave to him. So, you no, know, that does worry me. But I think this goes a distance, Gene. So I'm going to go ahead and play that uh, on the yes at plus 106. Let's move on up the card here. Uh, we got Robbie Lawler at Brian Barberina. Uh, odds are much closer in this fight. Lawler, lukewarm favorite right around minus 125. Gene, I'll let you go first on this one. 
Lawler Barbarina. Who you got? Yeah, I'm excited for this fight. I think it's gonna be an action packed fight. You know, both fighters at the at the end of their career. Barbarina actually had said that he was gonna retire unless the UFC gave him a you know gave him some money and gave him a, a known fighter. Obviously, Robbie Lawler is both of those. Um, and uh, so he's back in the cage and he's fighting Robbie Lawler. I think the odds are, are spot on. You know, Robbie Lawler minus one twenty five. Last time I saw it, uh, Barbarina plus one hundred five. You know, Barbarina's coming off a win. He beat uh, Matt Brown in, in in his last fight. I was surprised by that. I actually had Matt Brown. Matt Brown was a uh, hometown favorite in Ohio as well, and he still took a loss. Um, these guys were going back and forth. Barbarina, though, in that fight, like Matt Brown is truly done, you know, truly at the end of his career, and that's before the fight against Barbarina. And Barbarina was having issues with him. You know, it was a, it was a close decision. I don't know if he it might have it might have actually been a split decision. Uh, split decision. I'm not 100 percent sure, but um, you know, it was a super close fight. Barbarina was getting lit up, and uh, Matt Brown was getting lit up. So I just felt like is Barber and at the end, Barbarina said, "Hey, I'm going to retire." And I just felt like, yeah, you're you're ready to retire. You know, after this performance, like you're you're done, man. And now he's stepping in there with with Robbie Lawler. And you'd argue this, argue the same thing with Robbie Lawler. You know, Robbie Lawler's forty years old now. Um, you know, forty year old fighters. You know, they're not too successful. But the thing with Robbie Lawler, and he did fight Nate D. Or pardon me, Nick Diaz. Nick Diaz. We saw we we saw that fight. Obviously, he was out of shape. I don't think he was ready for that fight. But the one thing with Robbie Lawler in that fight, um, Nick Diaz was dangerous early, and Robbie Lawler was much more defensively sound in that fight early. I was surprised. Like he was rolling with punches. He was working the body a lot, you know, working the body counters, you know, off, off of the punches that, that Diaz was throwing. So I was actually pretty impressed. Um, you know, I thought Robbie Lawler was a little bit more wash than, you know, after watching the, watching the tape. And so, uh, you know, this fight for me, I actually like Robbie Lawler, man. I, I I already bet him. I got him at like minus one twenty. Um, I think it's a good bet. I just think, you know, uh, I think Barbarina number one. He's got one foot out the door. He had said he was going to retire unless the UFC gave him that fight. He got the fight. I just I, I don't know if his heart's in it, his mind's in it, and then even beyond that, just stylistically, you know, I just think that Barbarina. They both have a pretty good gas tank. But Barbarina takes shots. You know, he he eats way too many shots for me to be comfortable to bet on him. Whereas, like, Robbie Lawler, yes, Robbie Lawler gets hit, but he's done a good job of, like, rolling with the punches, being more defensively sound. Um, he's got way more power than Barbarina. He's a good body puncher. Um, and he puts on those exciting fights where he's going to keep pushing forward. That Nate Diaz fight, or pardon me, Nick Diaz fight, Nick Diaz looked good early, like I said. Robbie Lawler was still moving forward. He was the fighter that was putting pressure on Nick Diaz and testing his cardio and showing the judges that, hey, I'm I'm the more active fighter, more volume, moving forward, more pressure. And I feel like the same thing's gonna happen here. I mean, I think this is a blueprint actually of the um of the uh Barbarena versus uh Matt Brown fight, except I, I feel like Lawler's gonna be more aggressive moving forward, landing more uh more impactful punches. Listen. I'd be lying to you to, to say like Robbie Lawler is not going to get hurt. Like these guys, it's going to be an exciting fight. Potentially it could be fight at night. These guys, these guys are going to go back and forth. They're both going to land 
significant punches on each other. At the end of the day, I just feel like Robbie Lawler is going to have the more impactful ones, more defensively sound. If he wants to go to the wrestling base, he can do that too. The gas tank, I think his gas tank will end up, you know, winning out versus Barbarena. And um, yeah, man, minus 120 or 125 now. I think it's a good bet, personally. I think this is like a coin flip fight. I love these fights. I said this on some previous podcasts. A lot of people get nervous with these with these fights, whether it's a coin flip. I actually love these things. If you can, if if you feel confident and you you feel like your guy is going to win, where I feel like Robbie Lawler here is going to win, like very confident. This is where you get some good value, only at minus one twenty instead of like a minus one sixty, minus one seventy. So. Um, I got Robbie Lawler here. I think he he ends up. I think he ends up winning a close decision. I wouldn't be surprised uh, surprised if it's a split decision. Um, but I, I got him winning a, a decision here. All right, good stuff there from Gene. I'd love to pick a guy here, Gene, but but I don't feel like I I honestly can. It's looking more and more probably like a pass to me. You know, Lawler has the resume. I mean, that's for sure. He's fought some really solid guys. I mean, going back to. I mean, you got to go all the way back to, like, 2014 when he was fighting, you know, big-name guys. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I ask myself, you know, did he look good in the last fight against Nick Diaz? And I'm not sure that he did. I mean, Nick Diaz didn't even look good. So, you know, it's prior to that, it was like, what, like, he lost, like, what, five or six out of, like, seven fights. So, clearly Lawler's not, you know, not who he was, you know, you know four or five years ago. As far as the other guys concerned, Barbarina, I mean, you know, you're talking about retiring. So it's like, well, the only thing that throws me away from Lawler with that statement is that sometimes these guys want to go out there and, and at least be a known guy, you know, a legend and go out there and win and and end up just hanging them up. And, and at least so that's kind of throwing me off a little bit. But I don't know. I just I can't pick a guy here because I think both guys can obviously win. But. I'm not impressed with Lawler at all with the guys that he's fought and uh, all the losses he's strung together. I think if Nick Diaz actually looked a lot better and Lawler looked better, then it would be a, a much easier choice. But no, the fact this line's only like minus 125, it's telling me like it's clearly a pick em when I would think that Lawler probably should be a little bit of a bigger favorite. So there's just a lot of things just throwing me off on this. My other wager that I that I considered in this gene was that this fight not to go the distance. And that was actually the first wager that I looked at. And it's actually favored a good bit in the other direction. It's favored to not go the or to go the distance. So that threw me off too. So I was like, you know what, screw this fight. I'll just listen to what Gene says and if I do end up wagering on it, you know, I'll just I'll, I'll listen to what you're saying. So if you like Lawler, you know, if I do put money down on anything, it'll probably be that, but for me, for the podcast, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to call a pass uh, on this particular fight. All right, Gene, with that fight out of the way, let's go ahead and move on up the card. We have Sean Strickland. He's going to go ahead. He's going to fight Alex Bejeda. Uh Strickland, right around minus 120. I'm going to go with him, Gene, to go ahead and get the win here. I feel like he's on the right path. I think that this is kind of kind of the fight to go ahead and, and boost him up again. You know, Maybe he takes on a Derek Brunson. Maybe he takes on a Vittori. Uh, it's certainly a, a stepping stone to go ahead and get himself you know, to eventually probably a title fight. I honestly, I don't like the, the defense that I've seen from Pajeda. His fights, if you go back and watch him, like his hands are always down. And I think Strickland probably finds a way to land a big shot. 
I'm surprised that Strickland's minus 120. I probably would have looked at him, even considered betting him maybe at minus 150. You know, Strickland's gone 10 rounds in his last two fights, so uh, clearly he's going to have the cardio. Clearly he has, you know, he has more experience, and he's fought the better fighters, at least I think so. You know, he went ahead, he beat Hall, beat Hermanson, looked pretty good, but I think that he does need to go ahead and get a half-decent name on his on his resume here sooner or later. And I'm actually, I'm not even sure that this is actually one for him. I, I just don't think that Fajeda has it. Um, and I think Strickland knows that, you know, it's it's now or never. You know, he, he's been in like this particular situation before. And if he loses his fight, Gene, I think he falls way back in the division. And this division is absolutely loaded. So I think he's thinking, I have to go ahead and win here. And if I do win, I think it's paycheck time for him. Like, he's going to get the bigger fights. He's going to, you know, step in there against a Vittori or a Brunson or somebody like that. And the paychecks are going to come. So I feel like this is kind of like you go from, you know, being in one atmosphere to the next for Strickland. I think he knows that. I think he just comes in here and he is the better fighter. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play him minus 120 there, Gene. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Strickland. I think he's ready to rock and roll for this one. So that's where I'm going with that fight. Yeah, so um, I don't think that's a bad bet. Um, I'm super interested in this fight. Uh, I think a lot of people are snoozing on this fight. I I think this is going to be fight fight of the night, in my personal opinion. Uh, Alex Pajeda, he's known for knocking Israel out in kickboxing. Um, And then he's come over to the UFC. You got Sean Strickland. You know know him, just grinder, good boxer. out of the cage, he says some crazy stuff, but you know, at the end of the day, he's a good fighter. Um, so there's a lot to break down in this fight. So I'll, I'll try to keep it short and sweet. First off, the UFC, or first off, this matchup, whoever wins this fight is going to fight the winner of Israel Adesanya and Jared Cannonier. Um, unless you know, I guess the only thing, the only caveat I'll put in there is if. Jerry Cannonier ends up beating Adesanya. Maybe they run a rematch, whatever. I don't foresee that happening. I think Israel's going to win. We'll get to that fight later on. I'll break it down in more depth. But um, I feel like the winner of this, Pajeda and Strickland, winner fights Adesanya. So let's break both both of them down. Pajeda, I already said he he knocked Israel out. Everyone knows that. The guy has at, like ungodly knockout power. There's guys that you say, oh, he's got knockout power in his hand, left, right, whatever it is. Like, no, this guy literally has ungodly knockout power. Like, he'll hit you with something that you don't even think would knock you out, and you're out cold for, for minutes. Doctors coming in trying to wake you up. So um, the guy's legit, like legit knockout power. Um, and they want to match that. Like, l- let's be real here. Like, that's what the UFC wants They because they can market that. Israel's running out of contenders. And you have a guy that knocked him out, actually beat him two times, but knocked him out one time um, in kickboxing. So they can market that. You already know that. So that that's ultimately what the UFC wants. Um, but then you have Sean Strickland entering in here. And Sean Strickland is just gamer. Like this guy, he's well-rounded, can strike and wrestle, but he's he's pretty much just a boxer. He's a high-volume boxer. He lives in the phone booth. All he does is walk forward. He's willing to take one to give one. He's a madman on the feet. You know, a lot of times he even chooses, when I say madman, he even chooses not to finish some of these fighters. Like, there's guys that he has rocked on the feet, 
they fall to the ground. He's kind of like, hey, just stand back up. I, I, you know, I don't want to go to the ground and try to ground and pound you. We'll just stand back up and strike. Like, that's the only negative thing about him, in my personal opinion. You know, you, you want to see a fighter go for a finish. He's comfortable with just whooping your ass and just giving you concussions and whatever. I, I'll just, you know. I'll just take the the unanimous decision victory as long as you get your ass whooped and, and you're hurt. So that's the only thing that worries me here with this fight because Pajeda has that that crazy knockout power. You know he's a well-rounded kickboxer. Um, he's a striker to the core. He has nasty knees, nasty elbows. Like I said, ungodly power. Throws from all angles. He's a finisher. Like I mean, just go back and watch this guy's fights. It's it's incredible to watch. It's 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 beautiful. So. Um, but at the end of the day, in this particular matchup, I just feel like, man, Sean Strickland, if Sean Strickland wants this title fight, wrestle this guy. That's the one, like, unknown factor with this guy. He was taking taking down with uh, Michaelitis. Uh, Michaelitis is more, you know, like a one-round, round-and-a-half type of fighter. So he ended up gassing and ended up getting finished by Pajeda. But that first round, like, he was able to take Pajeda down, control him, um, Pajeda's last fight, I forget the guy he fought, I think it was Silva, Bruno Silva. Um, he was able to take him down too. Um, Pajeda does have good get up. He works with Glover Teixeira. Glover Teixeira, we know him. Um, incredible ground game. And so, listen, you know, the guy is working on that, that, um, that inefficiency in his game. But the, at the end of the day, the guy's five and one. I mean, he's only had six fights in, 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 in professional MMA, I shouldn't seven the UFC, just professional MMA in general. He's only had six fights. He's coming from kickboxing. So, you know, I still think there's a question mark there with his takedown defense and, and, and just get up game. And Sean Strickland is a good wrestler, man. He, he's got solid grappling. And if, if I'm him, that's what I'm doing. The, the issue here is, and this is why this line is so damn close. And Sean Strickland is just, He's stubborn, you know. Oh, you can strike. He did against Uriah Hall, right? Like Uriah Hall is just totally striker, um, has no ground game. He's like, okay, I'm just gonna stand with you. Everyone says that you're a dynamic striker. I'm just gonna stand with you. And he ended up just whooping his ass on the feet. And at, once he hurt him a, a few times, then he took him to the ground and was able to to grapple him a couple rounds. But ultimately, he was willing to stand. And it's just like. Is this guy's ego going to take over in this fight? If his ego takes over, you know, he's going to stand. And I'm going to be honest with you, like, Pajeda can knock this guy out. Like, the the one negative thing with Sean Strickland, he keeps his hands down, number one. Number two, like I said, he's willing to take a punch, um, to give a punch. And he, he rolls with the punches, right? Like, so he'll take a shot kind of just roll with it. Man, you don't want to do that with Pajeda. Pajeda has absolutely ridiculous power. So, um but, you know, at the end of the day, I, I got Sean Strickland here. I, I just think that I think that Sean Strickland realizes, I would hope his coaches realize, like, hey, you win this fight, you're fighting for a title. Like, it's ridiculous money. It's potential to obviously, you know, th- this is your dream, right, to, to hold a, a UFC title. So um, I think at the, at the end of the day, can he stand with Pajeda? 100% he can stand with him. Um but I think that the grappling will be the difference. I think I think Sean Strickland will end up um, grappling with this guy, wrestling with him a little bit more, and uh, end up getting in the victory. Now, the one thing I just got have to throw in here because I jumped on this all day. FanDuel had Sean Strickland winning uh, by submission plus eleven hundred. 
I tossed a little bit on that. Um, I took Sean Strickland uh, straight up just to win and then also by submission. Uh, I think it's a good bet. You know, Pajeda, like I said, has issues on the ground. Um, we're still waiting to see, has he fixed those issues? Sean Strickland is more than capable of, uh, submitting Pajeda. So I don't think that's a bad, bad man. Like I, I think, you know, either way you go, um, I think a good, a good sprinkle is on, on, uh, uh, Strickland to win by submission, but overall just straight pick. I got, I got Sean Strickland here. Yeah. Gene, you know, after you, after you say that if Strickland wins, he probably ends up fighting Izzy. It makes a lot of sense now because he's already cleared out the division. It's, as you could see, it's like, well, who do they stick in there? Or, you know, I guess Strickland could fight any of these bums, but, you know, what's the downside to throwing him in there for a title fight? Because if he loses, which, you know, there's a good chance that that happens, that he ends up fighting all the all the guys that he still hasn't fought anyways. You just throw him into the pool of guys, you know, the Cannoneers and, the Tories and all those guys. So it makes sense. And especially after, uh, I don't know if you saw the, um, the press conference, but Izzy and Strickland were actually, you know, they were going at it quite a bit. And Izzy actually said, you know, if you win this fight, you know, I'll dance on your grave in the, in the octagon or something like that. So, you know, they're already talking about it. So makes sense. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't really put those two things together thinking that he would get that far of a jump, but, I guess when you clear the entire division out, um, you know, guys taking bigger leaps than than normal kind of makes sense. But I'm glad you're with me on that one, Gene. Uh, so we're going to go ahead. We're going to take Strickland. Let's jump over to the co-main event here, Gene. Uh, we got Alexander Volkanovsky, the champion. He's going to go ahead. He's going to fight Max Holloway. Uh, Volkanovsky right now around minus 210. I'm going to take Volkanovsky, but I'm going to take him to win by points plus 115. You can get that on FanDuel. No, Volkanovski, as I just said, minus 210. And this fight to go the distance is minus 260. So they're basically telling you this fight's going the distance and Volkanovski's going to win. I'm not trying to complicate this here. I think that they're basically telling you what to do. You know, Max hasn't KO'd anybody in, you know, a, a long time. And and he hasn't been knocked out. I mean, it's just, just you know, it's, it's a tough thing to do. I, I tried to come up with ways for, for Holloway to go ahead and win this, but... I think we both know how good Volkanovski is. If this turns into kind of what we've seen the first two fights, it's, you know, how does Max come out with a win here? I mean, he's just, he has to clearly do something. He has to rock him. He has to steal. I mean, he's got to clearly win three rounds. So I just don't know if he can do it, Gene. So I don't know. I'm, that's, I feel like Volkanovski by points is probably the smart wager, like Wiley 210, Wiley minus 260 on the distance. So. Volkanovski by points for me. I actually think it's it's pretty it's a pretty easy bet to make. So that's what I'm going to do. I think that's a good bet. Uh, either way, you know this is going to be a close fight. I do think he goes to a decision. Volkanovski doesn't really finish his fights. He fin- finished his last one, but that was against Korean Zombie. I mean, Max Holloway. When was the last time he was finished? Dude, super durable, tough. Um, and it's not even about that. Like as a fighter, just look at, at the history. You know, this is a trilogy fight. Look at the first two fights. Both of them razor razor thin decisions by Volkanovski. So, um, you know, I, I don't think that's a bad bet at all. I mean, that that's that's where I'm looking as well. Um, there's not much to say about this fight. I mean, this gets pretty quick on my end. It's like you know, Volkanovski, Max Holloway. They're going to put on a, a striking clinic on the feet. I just 
the same thing that happened in fight one and fight two. It's just Volkanovsky's feints and fakes are just on another level. And this is something that, you know, even you're going to see, we'll, we'll get to it in the main event, Adesanya, they come from, they're not the same camp per se. They work at the same camp. Um, Volkanovsky works at a different camp, but, you know, Eugene Berryman, um, the fakes and feints are like game changers. It reminds me of back in the day with, with, um, um, Winkle John with, uh, with Jackson Winkle John with, with John Jones. Like they were just on another level. The game just, they couldn't catch up, up to that camp. And that's how I feel with, with these guys, with Adesanya Volkanovsky. Um, you know, it, it's tough to catch up to these guys. The, the fakes and feints are just, they throw you off. They play chess while everyone else is playing checkers. And that's been the difference in this particular matchup with Volkanovski and Max Holloway. Like Max Holloway won round one and two, right? In the first, you know, in the first fight, at least it was close. And then Volkanovski clearly wins three, four, five. And then in the second fight, the same thing. Like Max looked good early. Volkanovski ends up pulling away three, four, five, three, four, five. It's just that in fight, in fight um, changes that Max is just not a Max's corner and Max himself are not able to, to decipher, you know, they're just not able to break, break it down and they end up losing, losing a decision. So um, I got Volkanovsky here. I just, I think Volkanovsky at the end of the day is, you know, he's on his way to potentially being a go at featherweight. You know, he wants to move up to 155. We'll see how that works out. But at the end of the day, I just, I think his skills, I think the leg kicks are going to be the difference. His fakes and feints and the leg kicks. He's the leg kicks keep Max Holloway off balance, keep him, keep him at distance. As long as Volkanovski can, um, controls the pace of this fight, he he wins. You know, Max Holloway, we know what he does. Good boxer, very uh, good technical boxer, good takedown defense. Volkanovski um, is a good takedown artist, but you know, Max Holloway is able. Uh, has been able to stop that in the in the previous two fights for the most part. So it's just like, yo, this is the third fight. Like, what is there really else to say? I just I just think that Volkanovski is better. The question will be, I agree with you with Volkanovski winning by points. I think I think that's a good bet, smart bet. You know, there's some other trilogy fights where it's like the the guy puts a stamp on it where he finishes the guy in the third fight. You know, maybe that's a long shot. If some of you guys want to just sprinkle on that, even you, you know, you got him by points, but maybe sprinkle because it's it's plus points for Volkanovski to win by finish. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, I think this is going to be a close fight again. I I don't think Max is going to get dominated, but I think Volkanovski is just going to pick him apart on the feet and up winning a close uh, split decision or just a close unanimous decision and uh, keep the belt. So I got Volkanovski here, um, and I would attack it the same way you attacked it. If not, maybe the finish, and, and, that, and that's about it. All right, good stuff there, Gene. So I feel pretty confident in my wager there taking Volkanovski to go ahead and win by points. Let's jump into the title fight, main fight of the night. Israel Adesanya is going to go. He's going to fight Jared Cannonier. Uh, is he a huge favorite here, Gene? Minus 520. No respect at all for Cannonier. If you do like the dog here in Canada, you can go ahead and you can get him at plus 350. Gene, I'm going to let you go and rip a run on this one first. Adesanya, Cannoneer, how you feeling? Yeah, I mean, Adesanya, he just looks to continue his dominance over the middleweight division. And they're struggling to find viable contenders for the champion, you know. So enter Cannoneer. Cannoneer looks to shock the world here. He's super aggressive, you know, pressure style fighter. 
But at the end of the day, you know, what's there to say about Adesanya that hasn't been said? You know, we're witnessing greatest, uh, pardon me, we're witnessing greatness in real in, in real time. You know, the guy's allowed to be a UFC Hall of Famer. Um, he's argue, arguably going to be one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time when it's all said and done. And uh, stylistically, he's fought guys like Cannoneer. So I understand the line here. It's like, what is Cannoneer going to offer? So um, I guess if, you know, to give, you know, to make it even or whatever, to give some analysis on Cannoneer so it doesn't look like a landslide, you know, Cannoneer is super tough. Like I said, he's aggressive, pressure, his nasty leg kicks. I mean, like vicious leg kicks. Uh, he's a junkyard dog. He's going to fight for your money. He's, he's going to press forward. You know, he broke his arm against Whitaker and ended up putting on, like, the third round against Whitaker. He ended up uh, really putting on. Uh, yeah, he So Whitaker ended up clearly winning the first two rounds. Whitaker and the, uh, pardon me, um, Cannoneer, sorry, in that third round after he lost the first two and had a broken arm was putting it on Whitaker and almost finished him. So um, the guy is just, he's going to continue to push forward. Tough. He's hard to get out of there. But like I said, to start this off, it's like, what does he really offer that Adesanya hasn't seen? Like he pretty much, you know, Cannoneer pretty much is like a Paul Acosta, a Yoel Romero, like just a, a big, strong guy with big power that kind of plods forward. And it's like, man, Adesanya is just on a, another level. The guy has the fakes and the feints keep you off balance. He has the range. He has the kicks. He even has, if you want to get in the pocket and swing with him, like he'll knock you out. Whitaker and Paul Acosta, like two guys that like, oh my goodness, these guys have like, you know, they're skilled fighters, but also have some power. You know, he ends up knocking these guys out. Um, I just... Like I said, I think you're witnessing greatness here. I think this guy's just on another level. I think he's going to pick Cannoneer apart. I think it would stay at range. Will he finish him? I would love for him to finish him. That's the one knock on Adesanya. Adesanya is starting to get to that John Jones level, that GSP level, where it's like, hey, I'm just on another level above these guys. Why risk it? You know, just keep your belt, pick these guys apart, win a unanimous decision. And that's what he's been doing for the for the most part. He's been doing that. So um, I, I think he's probably going to do the same thing. I mean, could he knock Cannonier out for sure? The skills are there, but I just think he'll end up picking him apart for five rounds and getting his hand raised and um, and just pretty much sitting back waiting to see who wins between Pajeda and Sean Strickland. You know, um, I just quickly say that you know Adesanya. One thing he said about Cannonier. And I'll get to the other two guys. He he did say, uh, I think it was like 2019, 2018, he was on the Rogan, you know, um, Joe Rogan experience. And he had said, like, even before Whitaker and these other guys, he was saying, you know, Cannoneer's the guy you have to look out for. You know, this guy is a dark horse of the division. I'm watching him. I'm studying him. So that was two years ago, uh, three years ago. And so I, I don't foresee anything you know, Cannoneer doing anything special that's going to shock Adesanya. Adesanya, you know, it's got this guy on his list of guys that he needs needs to finish and, and continue towards greatness. So um, 
I just thought that was cool, though, on the side note. I thought it was cool that he recognized this guy, like, way before he was where he is right now. So I just think, I, at the end of the day, Adesanya ends up winning. This, um, unanimous decision. Just kind of waiting to see what happens with with Pajeda and Strickland. Like, again, I'll just say this. The UFC is, like, falling over backwards for Pajeda to win this fight and fight Adesanya because of the history. But like we spoke about a couple of fights ago, I don't see that happening. Uh, I think Sean Strickland ends up winning that. But um, yeah, Adesanya, I think, and, and still over uh, Cannon Air. All right, solid breakdown there from Gene. I don't know what to do here, Gene. Obviously, I don't want to leave minus 520. But I'm probably going to end up looking at a round prop here. You know, Izzy's gone the distance in his last three fights. You know, one of them he lost, obviously, to, to Jan, but... I think he probably tries to get this one over, you know, inside the distance. And I think that there's a, a high probability of that. Cannoneer for me is just another body in the way. I know he has good cardio. I know he can probably sit in there and hang. But I don't know if he can fight, you know, going backwards. And I think Izzy's just going to just go out there and ease himself in. But he's going he's gonna to look to go ahead and find his spots. Oh, man, Cannoneer just uh, he doesn't seem like he has uh, enough movement. And if, if you don't have enough movement, you know, if you're not out there light on your feet against somebody like Adesanya who has, you know, that long range, you know, he'll hit you with the jab, he'll hit you with his kick, move around. Um, he's eventually going to pick you apart and set you up. And um, I don't know. I think that maybe this has a chance maybe to, to end in like the third or fourth round. So obviously I'm not laying 520. So I'm probably just going to pick Izzy to win, it, win in, you know, round three, round four. I think he'll probably eventually set Cannoneer up, and, and I think he's going to try to get this over. You know, why does he want to go into, you know, a fifth round where, you know, you leave it in the judge's hands like he had to against, uh, unless he's clearly, you know, winning this, you know, in, in a whitewash or something like that. But, you know, if this is, a, a you know, two rounds to one or something going into the fourth round, um, you know, it just it's it sets up for, you know, a situation like it did for Jan <clears throat> and uh, – and Izzy. So I think he tries to get this one over inside the distance. So I'm I'm looking at Adesanya probably winning like round three, which is like 10 to one and round four at like 16 to one. So um, I'm not five twenty. Um, I'm just not going to do that. So that's what I'm going to do there, Gene. I don't know how you feel about that, but you know, sometimes when you get these, you know, monster prices, it's, well, you can parlay it, but do you feel really strong about anybody really parlaying anybody on this card? Maybe except maybe Sugar Sean. You know, maybe you could take him with Izzy. Maybe that's the only way to go. Um, and, and look, I might do that. You know, there's a possibility of that if I really want, you know, some Izzy, you know, action here. But that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. So I'm just looking at maybe getting some big plus prices to close the night out on a big win there. Or maybe possibly going ahead and parlay with O'Malley. And I'm not super duper sold on O'Malley winning, you know, like, you know, Pedro Muno is a good fighter. So, um, no, that's just where I'm at right there. Yeah. So to answer your question there, um, obviously we covered just the main cards, but some of the undercard fight, like I like Andre Muniz, um, very much against Uriah Hall. Um, the guy is absolutely ridiculous on the ground. You know, he submitted uh, Jacare Souza, which is like, you know, unheard of, uh, given Jacare Souza's, credentials uh he ended up not even just submitting him he broke his arm so uh and uriah hall just is a mental case 
Um, obviously on the feet, he's spectacular, but he, he, he just kind of freezes up. So I like Andre Muniz in that one. I think he's like minus 300 in the sense of parlays. We're speaking parlays here. And then, yeah, I like Sean O'Malley. I mean, the, the one thing I agree with you, uh, and I already broke this down, but, you know, Sean O'Malley against Pedro Munoz is like, it's definitely a step up for him against Munoz. Munoz has power. He has those ridiculous lay kicks, but Man, dude, I mean, so many people hate on O'Malley. And I'm not saying that he's going to be champion that bantamweight. I, I don't know. I mean, if you look at – we need to see him against an actual wrestler, someone that can – like someone that can truly take him down and just grapple the fuck out of him. Um, and we just haven't seen that. The UFC has set him up perfectly. He's also set up his career perfectly. I love it. You know, most fighters don't do that. I I, I spoke on that already. I love what he's done with his career. So – um, but I do think he beats Pedro Munoz. And to be honest with you, like I said, like I kind of want to sprinkle a little bit on him winning my knockout, even though Munoz has never been knocked out. I just the guy has that much ridiculous power. So when you're talking about parlays, that's really the only two fighters that I really feel like parlay wise with big with big lines. Um, maybe an Ian Gary, too. I do like Ian Gary over Gabriel uh, Gabriel Green. But yeah, Munoz, Sean O'Malley. um, and then if you want to do like an Adesanya, and that's about it. Other than that, like the Alexander Volkanovsky, a lot of people would see like, oh, it's only minus 200. Let me throw him in a parlay. You know, I'll get some better odds. You know, I, I'm personally just going to stay away. They both fight. I, do I think he's going to win? Yes. Do I think potentially he can even get a finish, like a little sprinkle on him to win by finish to kind of like cap off that trilogy with Max? Yes. Um, but at the end of the day, listen, both these guys have gone to like, um, close decisions, split decisions in two of their fights. So I, I'm just going to stay away from that, putting him in the parlay. But yeah, I don't, I don't fault you in, in, uh, you know, in Adesanya, Adesanya parlay. All right, cool. Well, I might end up going with that, but that'll wrap up the podcast. Good stuff there from Gene. Uh, hopefully everybody does well for UFC 276. As we had mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, uh, a lot of fight night cards coming up. Um, that are just absolutely stacked. And look, you know, football's over, basketball's over. You know, it's the summertime now. I can get more time uh, to go ahead and get some handicap done and try to get some cards done for you guys uh, a little bit more than, than, you know, what we normally do throughout the summer with Gene. So uh, hopefully we'll go ahead and do some of those fight night cards because some of those are absolutely stacked. Uh, but with that said, you guys know where to find us on Twitter. It's SleepyJ underscore pregame at MeanGene0022. You guys could always get us at thebettingpredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for UFC 276. Enjoy the fights.